You're listening to the New Age Inspired Podcast with Emily Douglas. This is a podcast that aims to leave you feeling more aware than you were yesterday so you can break free from the self-doubt and fear of judgment and create epic change in your own life and business and become the very best version of yourself possible. Welcome back to the very first episode of 2023. I'm so excited to be bringing this one to you because we are going to be covering everything identity. And I think it's very fitting being around the start of the year or the first quarter of the year because our identity is how we define ourselves and how we see ourselves in relation to others and the world around us. Identity plays a huge part in our lives because it can be the reason that you take risks, take opportunities, experience success and feel empowered. Or it could also be the reason that you're constantly doubting yourself, holding yourself back and have low self-esteem. Throughout this episode, we are going to be diving deep into the identity phases that we go through within our lives, which phase you might be stuck in and how to move forward when your identity isn't aligned with the person that you want to become. I am joined by my dear friend, Sarah Cremona. She is a conscious motherhood coach, author, birth trauma advocate, and founder of The Mama Nest, which is a women's mentoring space. For years, she chased happiness and worth in things outside of herself. And after experiencing a traumatic birth with her third child, She began exploring human behavior, found herself questioning her entire outlook in life, and from that, every aspect of her life positively shifted. Sarah guides women to connect with themselves and their body, to trust and respect themselves, and to understand their identity after becoming a mum. Whether you're a mum, you've just come out of a relationship, you've started a new role, you're starting a business or a brand, or you have no sense of who you are and you're feeling really lost right now, going through some sort of transitional period in your life, this episode is for you. Because if you have ever felt some sort of imposter syndrome where you feel like you don't belong and that you're a fraud, or you've ever found yourself feeling really lost and no idea who you are and what you really stand for, this episode is going to leave you feeling so empowered and aware and there's so many gold nuggets throughout. So without further ado, let's dive in. Welcome to the show, Sarah. It is so great to have you. How are you? Hello. Thank you for having me. You are so welcome. Firstly, before we kind of dive in to what we're going to be talking about today, which is all about identity, I wanted to just paint a bit of a picture for the listeners. So we met, I don't even know, was it last year or the year before in a training? So we both study at the same school and I remember being in one of the trainings and I remember seeing you and I was like, I need to be friends with you. I need to connect with you. We need to, we need to be friends. Pretty much. I don't know if that it was the same for you or if I'm just a stalker friend that, you know, does that thing or if anyone else feels like that. Okay, so we're just like straight into this. I'm going to roll with this. You know what is so beautiful about this? Because I think we've actually discussed this before, but it's an energy thing because when I saw you, I was like, I need that in my life. (laughs) I love it. The feeling is mutual. Amazing. (laughs) So good. So, yeah, so we've connected and we've got a lot of things in common and I thought you would be, we've had some really amazing conversations together and I thought it'd be really valuable to have a chat today about identity because it really is the root of all of us, how we place ourselves in the world, how we show up, what we choose to do, what we don't choose to do, what holds us back and until we bring it to the surface and actually have awareness of it, we're just running on autopilot, accepting whatever it is we believe that we are subconsciously and we don't even know, right? Now, normally I would get you to introduce yourself and 
say what you do. However, in the celebration of identity, I thought maybe we can have a bit of discussion about who you really are and what are all the amazing parts of you? Because sometimes we define ourselves as one thing. Like, for example, I know that you're a mum and some women define themselves as just just a mum. I'm only a mum. Or their role, if you would ask them, you know, who are you? I am a manager. I am a hairdresser. Or I'm a wife. Or I could be, you know, however we associate that identity with. So I'd love a bit more of a creative outlook and flow state of who you are. What do you do? Give us all of it. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> that is <laughs> okay. So, where to begin? So, flow state. All right. So, because we are speaking about identity you know, there's that part of me that wants to go straight into, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a speaker, a birth trauma, you know, volunteer and advocate and all of these things. And what I think is really important to do is, is to really just turn inwards and not have any script and just be like, you know what, I'm just going to create for the sake of creating, right. And just, Mm say I am a conscious motherhood coach and I work with women who really want to understand their inner world and really start empowering themselves to step into that person that they have always felt like they wanted to become or you know as we speak about it Emily like really working back through all of our conditioning and all of the bits that we've defined ourselves with and really understanding what is happening for us inside so that we can experience our outer world in a completely new and different light, make Mm -hmm. it work for us, you know? So yeah, I don't really want to go into like the whole, this is all about me because I really want this session between us to be just full of inspiration and magic. Absolutely. And I love that. And I love that description as well. And I know that that will resonate with so many people listening as well. And I I think one of the biggest things is is accepting and recognizing that we have so many parts of us and it's actually okay to be all of those parts. Like for example, you know, I yeah, I consider myself a coach, a speaker, um, you know, helping women launch their business, helping with branding, helping with self-esteem and confidence. And I'm also, I'm a partner, I'm a friend, I'm a dog mom, Mm -hmm. I'm someone who likes fitness, I'm someone who loves food. I also really love being creative and drawing and I really love singing really, really loud when my voice isn't that really that amazing, right? So there's all these different parts of me. And I find, and I don't know about you, when someone says like, what do you do? Mm. That can be like, oh, do I have to choose just one? And I really want to challenge that because why does it have to be just one thing? Why do you have to just be a mum? Why do you just have to be your career path? Why do you have to be put into this box of one thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I really love what you're saying there because when I think of identity, I think of identity as our own inner compass. Yeah. Like it's our self-concept. So looking at, like you said, like how we define ourselves and a lot of the time it comes through our I am statements. And so with identity being that real core of our experience of everything that we do, it's really important that when we are talking about how we identify, I don't know, like, I feel like I want to make it matter. Like I want it, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm trying to say, but I just, I love the topic of identity, but I also think that it's complex. Oh, hundred percent. And I totally, like totally agree with that. And for, for those listening this is the tip of the iceberg. There's so much within that. Like what you said of, 
your conditioning, how you got here, how you formed your identity, whether that be truly who you are or not, because then there's that part of it. And I know I've felt that throughout my life. I've needed to be this certain thing. So I've needed to be the strong, independent career girl to survive, to to get by, because if I'm not that, then I'm not successful, then I'm not lovable, that people won't take me seriously. Mm -hmm. Or like, and sometimes we create our identities in a place of survival. Yeah. Or protection or a place of fitting in Mm -hmm. because we don't. Yes, to to be accepted, 100%. And I know that I've struggled with that a lot throughout my life. And something really interesting that we were talking about the other day was getting clearer on who, who you actually are, right, and different personality types and personality tests and behavioural profiles. And we were talking about the Enneagram test. Now, I'd never done that before. I've done other human behaviour profiles and really, really resonated with those. I've used them so much in my life and in in work as well, and they've been really, really beneficial Mm -hmm. and really insightful as well. Where I found this test, when you told me about it, and you were like saying how much how how much insight that you got. I'm like, okay, I've got to do this. So I did, and my God, did the information that came out sing so true to me yeah. that? And just just a bit of a public service announcement for everyone listening to this as well. I think we we are going to go pretty deep and pretty vulnerable and pretty open. So I'm going to share stuff of what's going on with me and same with Sarah as well. So I really encourage you listening to bring that compassion and vulnerability for yourself as well. Um, and one of the things that came up for me was my one of my core beliefs of in order for me to be loved, I need to serve. And I had a really core fear of not being accepted and being loved. And wow, like that was so resonant for me. And then I looked at throughout my life, how does that actually fit in? And what what are the things that I've chosen to do and become and identify myself with to be liked, to be accepted, and to be loved? Yeah, isn't it? Like it's really deep stuff. Mm. But the really wonderful thing about it is that when you have that language, it sits differently in your body and it opens up so many other avenues for you to understand how you got here to where you are now. 100%. And that Enneagram profile from my understanding is that it's very much focused on the like the emotional components so our emotional motivations and our fears and I think what was yours you're the uh, the giver is that yeah so I'm a two so there's I think it's one to nine is that right yeah so it's one to nine I'm a two which is a giver what were you number three the achiever (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like you know we laugh about it because we know each other and it's like okay like it makes sense right (laughs) but the really important thing is is that you know we're identifying with this and it makes sense to us but it's not us so the question is if I am not this thing this giver this achiever well who am I yeah like that's big absolutely and who are you really? How do you answer that question? If without all of those fears, beliefs, concerns, stuff holding you back, stuff that you're telling yourself, your conditioning, who who are you? Mm. How do you identify? Mm. What do you like? What don't you like? Yeah. You, what are your values and your actual beliefs and not those beliefs that people have um, you know from experiences that may have occurred throughout your upbringing that you've placed meaning on Mm. and what I mean by this is 
you know, when I was younger, I heard this statement, your reputation is everything. Mm. And I created meaning around that phrase that it matters more what other people think of me than what I think about myself. Wow. Yeah. And so, you know, having that language, it's really important to look at the beliefs and the values that we carry, our goals, interests, like you said, our likes and dislikes, all of these aspects form identity. So getting familiar with those for ourselves, it is just so powerful. Mm. It really is. And then noticing like on that topic of conditioning and what what meaning we're placing on Mm. those things, right? Throughout our upbringing and our life, we uh, were absorbing so many things. We've got so much influence from our families, the friends in our lives, media, religion, whatever that may be. There's so many things influencing us in a certain way, forming this identity that we think we are, which may or may not be correct or true. I'm not going to use the word correct, more more true to you. Like is that mm. really resonating with your true self or did you have to believe that to fit in? Did you have to become that person to keep the peace in your family or be liked by another person because you don't feel as though you're good enough as you are? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. There's just, I, <clears throat> excuse me, like, I think there's just so many questions around it. It's mm. such a broad, complex topic. That <laughs> there's probably no one way to hit it really, is there? No. And I thought it would be a great thing to dive into of there are some identity phases that we go through. So I thought this would be a really great opportunity to unpack and discuss the identity phases that one goes through throughout their life and also how that how that resonates to us and also where do you help, where do you hold yourself back how do you push yourself forward and achieve as well because i know for me personally i've i've held myself back because i've adopted a certain identity of who i am how i'm perceived to others all the things that I've done, and then I've wanted to take a different direction and my identity isn't catching up with that. And I don't, I then feel like an imposter because my identity doesn't align with that. And also, so you're, it's being rejected internally from yourself, not, not recognizing that you can also be something else. And you're okay to identify with that. And that's okay to have different avenues. And also from externally, and I don't know about you, but when people, and and it's a bit of a generalization, but sometimes when you've been a certain thing for so long and then you suddenly choose to do something different, it's such a shock for people because they've also placed you in a box in the certain identity in their world to be like, well, Sarah's like this. This is who she is. This is what she does. I'm okay with that. I accept that. I know that. I'm comfortable with that. And I know that Emily is this and I'm comfortable with that and I know that. And then all of a sudden we step out of that and want to try something else. And then for them it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I had you in this box. Now you want to be this. I don't know how to handle that. I don't know how that sits with me. And then then we feel... I don't know. I know I have felt not supported, questioned. Um, Is this, are you sure that this is the right path? Is this a safe thing for you to be doing? Like, for example, changing career pathways. And I don't know if you felt that as well, going from corporate, both of us, into the coaching world. Like, Mm -hmm. I remember, remember the comments of, is that sustainable? Is that a good thing? What even is that? Um, that's not a safe pathway. Oh, what about, you know, you, you should be in a safe job that gives you X, Y, and Z benefits and be an employee and, and that's the way to go. And then 
like I remember taking that so seriously and so personally. Mm. And then as, which I don't know about you, but as your journey goes along, you realize it's coming from a place of their conditioning, from their beliefs, from their fears, from their perspective. So it's not actually a reflection of you. It's them putting themselves in your in your shoes and going, well, I could never do that. So I could never even consider supporting you in that because I've got no idea. Because if I was to do that, that would be totally off the table. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? What, Kate, what's come up for you in that journey? Oh, so much. Oh, so we could record a podcast on this, just just this one thing, I think, Emily. Um, wow. Uh, yeah, everything you've just said there has just completely hit the nail on the head. I think in that conditioning, it was so common for our growing up in our generation that we heard things like, as long as you're happy, you know, but there was also that subcategory of make sure you get a good job and make sure that you're stable and that it's comfortable. And, you know, you don't have to make heaps of money, but make sure that you're comfortable. And, you know, it was very much like go a little bit, but not too much and safe, you know, like not a lot of risk. And so I think what has happened is we've come along and, you know, slowly stepping into our real truer selves and we're all of a sudden like, hey, like I'm seeing that there's so much more to life. There's so much more that I'm capable of and I'm willing to take a little bit of a risk. I'm not sure how much yet, but I'm willing to take a bit of a risk and it's like, this is exciting. Mm. And then I think you realise, well, I know that I did personally, you know, number one, becoming a mum at 28 and thinking that my life would just go back to how it was you know I spent so many years climbing the corporate ladder chasing happiness you know my worth being determined by how much money I made how great my job was you know that again identifying as a specific um, you know in a specific career path and title that was so big to me and making sure that I you know earned more money every year and it was every dollar you know the house, the car, all of those things are external to us. I was so heavily defined in that. Mm. And then that transition into becoming a mother, I just thought everything was going to go back to normal. I'd have a baby six months later, I'd go straight back to work. It would be the same. Nothing was the same after becoming <laughs> a mother. <laughs> I just like, and now I look back and I'm like, oh gosh, you idiot. You know, like, <laughs> Um, but you only know what you know, like, you know, being the first one out of all my friends to have a baby, I knew nothing. Yeah. And so, like you said, I think there's this element of where we actually grieve for that person who maybe we were before. 100%. Yeah. And we have to sort of allow ourselves to go into that space because nothing's the same and that's okay. Yeah. I love that. And I think that needs to be normalized. Yeah. Because we we get caught up with the comfort and the security and the certainty of this is how it is, this is who I am, this is how everybody else reacts about it, this is the pathway, blah, 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 blah. And then something changes and we think it's wrong. We think there's something wrong with us. We think that this isn't the right way. We shouldn't be feeling like this. Um, this shouldn't change because it was always like that. But you know what? We're literally changing every day, whether we like it or not. It's whether you choose to embrace it or not as well. And I love the grieving too because it it's so true that we grieve that part and, and it may have served you so well in that moment. But that that part of you and that era of you isn't going to serve you now. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's fascinating as you say that it actually brings up something inside of me like, oh, wow. Like just noticing that tension in my body, like that real like, wow, like I did let that part of me go, right? Yeah. And it's it's big, like it, it deserves to be acknowledged and to, you know, sit with that discomfort and see what, you know, what answers that brings up because we have to explore it because it is in our body. Like it's throughout our body, it located in different positions. It's just being able to tap into that and feel what's happening, right? Absolutely. And 
I want to segue a little bit to the first phase of our identities because we've been touching on that and I think it's so uh, crucial and important to recognise. So there's four identity stages and the first one being defined of, quote, unquote, what you think of me, what others think of you, right? So you're constantly focused on the opinion of other people. Like what you said of that belief, excuse me, of your reputation is everything. So what everybody else thinks of you is more important than what you think of yourself, right? Mm. And the focus on what we look like, our image, you know, our clothes, our house, our car, our whatever is associated with us. What do you think of that? And that's how we're defining identity in that in that phase. Yeah. And my God, is it effing exhausting? It is. And you know what comes to mind just as you say that? I think it's really important that we touch on this here. When we reach those things that are outside of ourselves that we think are going to make us happy. And I know we were talking about this the other day, you know, I was looking at the discovery out on the road and I was like, okay, for me looking at having that car, I always looked at achieving again, achieving that car. And what would that give me status? If I had that car, I would be like accepted as a certain person, a certain way people would look at me differently. Like And yes, it felt great to achieve that, but it's such this, I think what I'm trying to say is that happiness can't be found in that external stuff. It's always that coming back to ourselves and how we turn towards ourselves in any given moment, because we can keep chasing, keep going in that masculine phase of achieving and doing, but what happens when we reach that? Mm. Like what next? Are we just going to keep chasing those external things? Or like, when do we actually step into that space of acknowledging the journey is inwards to work out who we are, a part Mm -hmm. of outside of all of that conditioning, beliefs, stories, all of that crap that we've defined ourselves by and with? Absolutely. And, And then, like, who are you without that? And that's when we feel, we feel, sad we feel empty we feel like there's nothing there because we've got all this stuff yet it's not actually making us feel any better and when everyone's not with you pumping you up giving the validation that you're searching that you're lovable okay and their opinions and constantly needing that verbal validation I remember um going through like my late teens in like my first relationships and stuff, really, really needing the verbal validation. Mm -hmm. I need you to tell me that you love me. I need you to tell me that I'm good looking. I need you to tell me that I'm a good friend. I need my friend to say that I look good in my clothes. I need, you know, my boss to tell me that I'm doing really well. I need all of these other people to tell me and share their opinion with me of of me for me to be okay with me. And you know what? I wasn't okay with me at all because when everyone, at the end of the day, when it was me laying in bed, I didn't, I wasn't okay with me. I didn't even know how to be with me. And it was really hard and and scary and, like, empty. Mm. So empty. Yet so many people, and I, like, I, I'm so guilty of that as well, go through that phase where we're putting our, the, um, what's the word? We're putting our identity in the hands of other people to define us <laughs> when that's not, you define yourself. Mm. And it's only when you decide to get curious take your choice back, take your power back yeah, and go through that journey of discovery. Who are you without that? That's massive. Yeah. And imagine, like I just think, imagine if we had the tools that we have now, imagine if we had this back in our 20s. My God. 
don't know, it would have made a bit of a difference, wouldn't it? It would have, if, yeah. Maybe if we were open to it. Possibly, possibly, because, yeah, you may have heard it and not even thought anything of it because if X, Y, and Z didn't tell me that I looked good, then it didn't really matter what you said. And that's the journey too, isn't it? That's the journey. Yeah. And now, and now reaching like that next layer of that next phase of identity. Mm. And now it's like in your 30s, sort of now going back through all of those moments that defined us, those experiences and different things and trying to make sense of them, trying oh. to work out how they've shaped us to now be who we are. Absolutely. And on top of that, which I love, approaching it with compassion rather than judgment because I know I can sometimes fall into that of looking back and go, well, all right, you did this and you were so desperate for validation. How how stupid could you be? And then you, you go inward and you start berating yourself so much, whereas now I look back and take a step back and go, you're doing the best that you can with what you had and you know what? you had to go through that for you to be here because otherwise you wouldn't even know what that felt like. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And like, and like when you speak of, you know, when we sort of look at it through the lens of that moving back through those layers and getting to that truest version of ourselves, so to speak, it's like, well, who am I underneath all of these external layers? Because when you know, when we're coming from a place of love and unity, kindness, self-acceptance, exploration, presence, it's like we said before that being able to create for the sake of creation's sake, mm. when you're moving back through and exploring all of these bits that have led you to where you are today, there's so much power in it. Like it really is reclaiming your sense of self and your power, I believe. Totally, totally. And it's not until you go back and not analyze but discover and be open to excuse me viewing all of those components and going oh okay yeah okay I see how that's played out okay yep yep and then reclaiming reclaiming that and it's probably you know we should probably say that you know, if this is coming across this conversation as quite overwhelming and maybe people are thinking, oh my gosh, like I need to jump in and and heal all the parts of me and do all the work. I don't think it's about that. And, you know, we've been doing this work for some time now. It's not about going in and tackling everything at once. It's about going in as something arises, one little chunk mm. at a time mm. and just being like, okay, like I'm willing to explore what this has to offer me. Absolutely. Yeah, it's not like, you know, I know sometimes it probably can feel overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be like looking at the tip of Mount Everest. Like I have to reach that right now. It's like, okay, well, why don't I focus on just getting to base camp first, one foot in front of the other, one step at a time, just doing like a tiny bit here as it arises, a tiny bit there. Yeah. We should probably acknowledge that too. Oh, absolutely. And I feel as though, especially for me, it was it was an all or nothing thing. It was black yeah. and white. There was never, you were like thinking, okay, you were either healed or not healed. Mm -hmm. Like that's actually not it at all. It's a journey. And as you grow, different things arise. So if you then explore them as they come up, as you said, and most like, and I've, I have found this, when you start down that healing path and really exploring what's happened or where you've come from in your conditioning and you heal that certain parts, there's a bit of a flow on effect to other parts in your life as well. So you kind of get benefits from that anyway. Yeah. You start to see the patterns, don't you? Those real behavioral patterns. Mm. It's like bridging the gap. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. It's definitely, yeah, if you are listening and this is feeling overwhelming, we see you. It's okay to be in that space and know that you don't have to do it all at once. You one step at a time, get to base camp and then work out what the next step is. Yeah. Chunk it down to smaller bite-sized pieces, yeah. which brings me to the second phase of, 
identity. And so the first phase was, what do you think of me? External validation, the opinions of other people, right? So the second phase is once you grow through that and probably take it along with you as well, because I still feel like it is a part of us, you go through that second stage, which is defined by what, what am I achieving? What am I getting? What? How much money do I have? I've got a bigger house. I've got a car. I've got the girl. I've got the guy. I've got the career. It's defined by the results. And then that's when that part of what you said of constantly climbing that ladder for the next thing and the next thing. And, you know, you think that if I just get that promotion, if I just get a boyfriend, if I just get this much money, if I just just get that car, I will then feel. And it's never about that. No. No, it's absolutely not. And what, what's coming up for me right now <laughs> is really accessing that role of like rebel. And I'm like, my mind is saying, you know what, like you go and redefine what all of this means because there's so much more available to us. And yeah, like I would have loved to <laughs> have accessed that a lot sooner, but I guess it's part of that, those phases that you transition through, that we all transition through. Absolutely. And, and in that phase where we're building our confidence, we're building our wisdom, we're building our world, and that is essential. And Absolutely. And I feel like these phases, you can't skip them. No. I don't believe. I feel like it's a bit of an evolutionary journey yeah. in a way because if you don't move through an experience one phase, then you can't really go on to the next phase. Yeah. And that's, and like you're saying, it's important to note that that identity, identity is never fixed. And it's like you said, like, it's really that evolution. It evolves over time as we grow and learn and experience new things. Our identity shifts as well. And really embracing that, that we don't have to just be defined, like you said earlier, in that one way, it's like taking on those little bits and and then stacking them really, isn't it? Until you get to mm. a point. Yeah. And then like we found ourselves in this completely um, new space of coaching, mentoring, speaking. Um, it's a huge transition, isn't it? Massive, massive. Mm. And my my identity's taken so long to to catch up with, yeah, with that part of me that wants that. And how much do you hold yourself back because you feel as though you're not that person, Yeah, that you're not yeah. a business owner, that you're not a coach, that you're not a manager when you've been promoted into a role. I remember I was 25 in the car game and I was promoted into quite a big managerial role. And I remember thinking, uh, no, you, no, you, how, I don't think this is, this isn't right. You, this isn't you. You're 25. You're too young for this. You're a female as well. This doesn't fit in. This doesn't fit in. And I'm like, far out. It took me ages to really feel into that, accept it and own it. And I remember feeling such imposter syndrome, such imposter syndrome in that, in that space. And, and it does come up. Because, and and the only way that you do bridge that is when you really start becoming that. You start having your values align, your actions align, your beliefs align. And knowing that that, like when that all starts coming together, you you end up becoming that person. And that's when you truly, yeah. And I mean, even when I say that, do you ever truly feel as though you're there, like really, I don't know. I hope so. <laughs> but you know what? I just, you know, I know that we we speak about this in like the coaching industry that, you know, and it has become a normal for me and it's a really great mantra to have around like when you're transitioning into these new spaces or different spaces is to feel the fear and take action anyway. Mm. Because instead of staying in that space of your comfort zone, when you are doing something that feels a little bit challenging or maybe like you don't want to do it, for example, changing your Facebook banner to save oh. 
all of a sudden you are a women's mentor and life coach. And that was something that I struggled with because that was like, well, hang on. I've identified that with myself as a government officer. And all of a sudden I'm updating my profile to say that I'm a women's mentor. And now like transitioning back through all the identity stages and feeling so fearful because what if, what if someone says something that I don't like, or what if somebody, you know, there's all this fear. And it's like, as soon as you take that tiny little leap into something that feels uncomfortable, and then you realize that the consequences aren't really that great, you know, that big, it hasn't really had that much of an impact. You're like, huh, you've kind of broadened your, you've broadened your comfort um boundary or zone yeah yeah you've um pushed out your comfort space to make it a little bit bigger and I think that's the the beauty of it each time you feel fearful to take that little bit of action anyway and then broaden that comfort zone absolutely and and I love that because I remember reading feel the fear and do it anyway by Susan Jeffers and one of the things that she says in there it's not specifically the the fear it's like the thing itself it's how you respond to it it's you not feeling as though you can respond to it in in a way like respond to it at all that you don't think you're capable of responding and I was like wow that made it and now I've realized when I come across challenging situations or I'm putting myself out there and I'm bridging that gap between my identity and I'm worried about what people are thinking or what they're going to say and but you're the car girl you're not you're not the coach girl. You don't do this stuff. You're you're this way. What are they going to say? And I remember trying to hide. I remember trying to hide certain things from certain people because I was so worried about what they were going to say. Yep. And when I looked at it in this way, I thought, you know what I'm really afraid of is that I don't believe in myself enough to actually have the conversation to, to whatever, whatever is going to be said. And again, most of the time, nothing was said at all, (laughs) or it was actually quite positive, but I didn't know that until it actually happened. Or, you know what, there might be a bit of a question and you know what, that's coming from curiosity, unknown, they don't know that. And then that's where you're bridging that gap. When you truly have a sense of purpose and belief in what you're doing, Mm. because how can you argue with that? Yeah. And you're building yourself trust by doing that, aren't you? Yeah. When you do it. Yeah. And really what we should also add in here is what we're responsible for. Like, are we actually responsible for how other people perceive this? Absolutely not. We can never be. So what are we responsible for? Ourselves, our responses, our emotions, our actions, the way we act, you know, what else? Like we're responsible. Well, we're making it mean because we're choosing to make that mean something we're choosing to put the poundage and the depth and either the criticism towards a comment or a or a gesture or a body movement or a look and it may not even be that at all because we're putting meaning on that absolutely and how do you truly know and does it matter anyway that's right and is it going to matter in three weeks time a year's time (sighs) not no, it's not. No, no. And I don't know where I heard this and it really stuck true to me because it was like, you're the one that has to wake up every single day and live your life. No one else has to do that. So if you're upset, you're going through a breakup or, or whatever, you're the one that has to get up and if, and live with that. If you're choosing to change your job, you're the one that has to get up and live with that. No one else. Everyone else may have their thoughts and opinions, but they're not living your life. They're not getting up every day in your head, listening to your thoughts, in your body, with your desires and ideas. So you might as well live the life and do the things that you want to do because you're also not living anyone else's lives. And it's so easy to, I remember when I was younger, like judge, compare, have an opinion. And it's like, you're not living their life. How does it really Matter, you're not the one having to get up every day and go to that specific job mm. or be with that specific person. Mm. That's them, for them to live and experience. 
Yeah. You know, you're not a tree. You're not stuck. You get the choice to show up and change your life. If something's not working for you, that's on you. That's your responsibility. Absolutely. And that was one of the biggest empowerment shifts that happened in my life as well was recognizing that I had the power and the ability to change my life, that I could make decisions that altered the results, that the direction of where I was going, because up until that point, I was really stuck in stage one of worrying about what people were thinking they were making. I was putting my like whole life in the hands of other people. They were determining it. And I was checking how it was going to fit in their life of how I was going to make my decisions. You know what I mean? Yeah. And running those subconscious patterns that we have no awareness of. Exactly. I had no idea what I was missing, what I wasn't giving myself. I was suppressing so many emotions. I didn't even know how to language it, access anything. Like I had no, no boundaries. I was so enmeshed in Mm. my relationships, my friendships, my family was huge. It was, it was a lot. And it's so common. I think, you know, for everyone listening, it is so common. Like, let's just normalize how common it is. Yeah. You know, you're not alone in this. Not at all. Nobody that I've yet to meet, which I I think there is no one out there, has gone through their life, not unscathed, but there's no perfect person that has the perfect amount of emotional regulation um, and intelligence, the perfect amount of boundaries and self-esteem and meets every single one of their needs healthily and resourcefully. And all of their relationships are amazing and their career is incredible and the way that their view on it's not real at all we're all doing the best that we can with what we've got at the time absolutely and and that brings me to the third stage of identity which is defined by what can I give and how can I contribute so this is where we start having getting a little bit more of the formation of who we are of our sense of self and growing through those first two stages and it's about what legacy do I want to leave? What ripple effect do I want to leave in this world? And what effect am I going to have on other people? What can I give? I want more meaning in my life. And meaning is more powerful than the pleasure of getting and having materialistic things. Absolutely. Because when you take away all of those things and all of the money and all of the pretty clothes and everything that you've defined yourself, what's underneath that? Who is that? Well, you'd want to make sure that your purpose, you know, your identity of who you are at your core, who that being is for you. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't know, you want to have meaning, don't you? Like, you know, you get to a stage and it's like there's so much more than all of those things that we have accumulated. What matters to me and what impact do I want to have for myself, for my children, in the world? I want to do something that lights me up. And I feel like that's where we're at right now is really taking that formation. Absolutely. And that's where the power of creativity and flow and doing it for the sake of doing it and seeing what comes from it rather than sitting there and judging it and then self-criticizing because in this stage, it finally flips from focusing so much on you. You're like, we're all, most of us are walking around worrying about ourselves. No one's really worrying about you, right? And in those first two stages, you're so self-conscious. You're so worried about you. You're worried about how you look, what you're getting, what you're doing, what you're achieving. How is everyone else going to sit with that, where you compare with everybody else? Yet when in this stage you start letting that fall away a little bit and start having the, like switching the focus towards others, how can you contribute? How can you add value to somebody else's world and life? How can you add value while you're here on this world? Yeah. That's just, 
it's so big and it just it brings up so much um emotion doesn't it because when you get to that space it's just so powerful it really is and then we realize not that not that what we were thinking was stupid but it like it just doesn't matter yeah really and yeah we've got to go through those stages to get to that point Absolutely. It's that is the way that it is. And then we move into stage four, which is very quite high chunk. And it's that identity which is defined by spirit, whether you want to be- believe in that or not. But it's recognizing the identity of consciousness itself. Who are you like in this body? Where do you actually sit? The the driver and the pilot of you and your soul or your spirit or however you want to say it, where do you sit? Is that in your head? Is in that is that in your heart? Is that in every single cell? What happens when we leave this earth? That identity, so that level identity is quite high chunk. Um and it's a deeper meaning of who we are on a spiritual level. And we become the observer of, of us. Yeah. 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 And that's the power too, isn't it? When you can step outside to observe a mode and see what is actually happening. Because when you have that consciousness, that self-awareness, that self-awareness gives you choice. Mm. And when you have choice, like that's expansive in itself, right? Absolutely. How many people feel as though they've got no choice? They're feeling so stuck right now. And if you're listening and you might be stuck in a certain area, feeling like there is no way out, you always have choice. There is always another way. Always. And, you know, this is that, I'm not sure if you've heard it before, but, you know, when we say you're not a tree, you're not stuck. Yeah. Like get up and move. Like now is your time. Yep. You can change anything in your life. Yeah, absolutely. You really can. And that's so powerful. And in saying that, you can change anything in your life. You can also change the way that you feel about yourself. You can change your identity. You can come back to core, to your true self. Because the way that you feel about yourself is so important. And it really shapes your life, your relationships, your success, what, however you want to define that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And to, you know, when we're talking about this, like returning to that core, it's to truly know, I think, from that space that we are worthy, that we are lovable, that we're enough, and that basically we can handle whatever life throws our way without it getting the better of us. Absolutely. And I don't know about you, I think the first step is curiosity and discovery. If we were going to, you know, for you listening right now, to take away from this of, okay, well, all right, it's all well and good to know these phases. It's all, okay, cool. I've got all this information. How do I move forward? Well, it really is a matter of curiosity and clarity of, well, firstly, who who are you? Who do you want to be? Who are you at core? If if who are you without all of your concerns and worries and fears? Without limits. Without limits. Who is that? And don't judge that. Sit with that. Really see how that forms for you. And then moving into the curiosity and discovery of your conditioning, your patterns, your human behavior, why it is you do what you do. How have you gotten to this point? Mm, mm, Absolutely. And really allowing, I think, accessing and allowing that space to sit with whatever discomfort comes up. And Mm. so I think it's really important to, to tap into, you know, when we say, who do you, what do you desire? Who do you want to be? Like make sure that's without limits because when you go into mm. that space and you're tapping into working from your heart space and not from your just your thought patterns, you know, you're kind of moving from that surface level into that 
um, that next layer of curiosity and depth. Like I think that that's allowing that space for that connection with yourself. That's where you start to really tap into that next um, expansion phase. Absolutely. And also seeing it as, all right, who do I want to be? It's not who do I want to be with all of the material things, with all of the um, external world. It's who do you want to be on the inside? Who do you want to be with yourself? Who do you want to be showing up to the world? It's, what it's, relationships do you want to have? How do you want to be in those relationships? And also how are you you know, if you're a parent, for example, how do you want to be modeling to your children? What do you want to be passing down to your children for the next generations? Like for me, that was a really big one. When mm. I was thinking of who do I want to be for myself and for others? It was really important to me gaining that clarity around how do I want to show up for them? And, you know, back in those older, you know, phases, I was not showing up as that person that I knew I wanted to be. And I was like, man, like, I don't know, like I've got a bit of, of change to make. And again, like not everything at once, but just acknowledging and having that awareness that can shift what your current um, space is. Yeah. And then also anchoring that to, all right, when things are seem difficult and you want to revert back to old patterns, thinking about that of, okay, what legacy do I want to leave? How do I want to show up for my kids? How do I want to shape the next generation? Really gives you a higher purpose to go in that moment, remembering that yeah. and then making decisions on that to move forward rather than taking the easy way and the comfort of let's just go back into what I've already known before when things get tough. What I already it's know. so easy. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's beautiful. Yeah. And these are all the things that I love that we get to explore through coaching and what we've been learning because it is so transformational. Our identity plays such a huge part in our lives and in our businesses and in our relationships and friendships and as a whole being here as a human being if we're going to get deep. But that's our sense of who we are. Yeah. And really. if your identity the way that you see yourself and the way that you identify isn't how you thought it would be or that you really like, maybe it is time to discover another pathway, discover what it would mean to you if maybe you had a different identity and what it would look like. Or you embraced that higher version of yourself that truest form of yourself that you want to explore and get to know and start embracing mm. as we have done yeah absolutely and and I really want to reiterate as well one thing that there's always going to be challenges and there's always going to be things that go on in life that, that challenge your identity, that challenge you. It's not, okay, I'm, I'm happy with this identity. Everything's um, smooth right now. I like to think of it as like a video game and you move through a level and you achieve all of that is for that level, right? And then you're like, cool, I, I've got this. Level one's sick. I, I, I know how to handle it. And then you go to level two and you're like, cool, I've got everything of level one. And now there's new challenges with level two. So you've got to go through that. And every time that you move your comfort zone and awareness, new things come up testing you. How are you going to handle this? Okay, let's let's put it into action. And that's what life is about. And if life and our pathway is never going to be without, you know, some resistance, some challenges, some things that test us. And that's what forms and that's okay. Yeah. It's your willingness to move forward and move through that and wonder how, how can I get through that? What's triggering me right now? What's that bringing up? Where's that coming from? How can I look at this differently? Yeah. What am I making this mean about me? And, you know, in summary, I think, you know, it's probably really great to look at it as though life is, a journey like it's not just about the destination it's about making the journey matter and being in that presence and being grateful and you know without minimizing anything of course but 
really being present in the journey of your life and making it forming what you want it to be. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. This has been such an amazing chat and talk and so valuable. I've even got takeaways from this and we, you know, we, we do this stuff all of the time before we finish. I'd love to know if you were to go back to your 16 year old self, what would be something that you would tell her? This is like a moment of trusting my inner world. Okay. I would tell her exactly that, that, you know, and not, this is not just from the mind. Like I feel like going into the body, I would, I would tell her that everything she needs is already within her. Mm. And oh, it almost makes me a little bit emotional. I'm getting goosebumps. Just you to ask that <laughs> tough question. Um, oh gosh. And to trust herself, to learn to trust herself. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Thank you. That's a really beautiful question. You're so welcome. And for you listening, learn to trust yourself. Because when you trust yourself, you're capable of anything and you're unstoppable. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Emily. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as Sarah and I did. I know that we could have spoken about this topic for so many hours. I feel like we only scratched the surface and there's so many different dimensions of that. I loved the four identity phases and have really been using that to diagnose where I'm holding myself back. And I hope you've gained some awareness in your identity, where you're sitting and how you can actually move forward. And if this is resonating and you're wanting to move through your identity and understand that on a deeper level and what's actually holding you back, feel free to reach out to myself or Sarah and we can go on that journey with you. I'm going to leave all the contact details in the show notes and I look forward to you tuning in next time.